This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. How is it that my father calls and it's never good timing? How is it that your mama calls and it's never good timing? What is it about our parents that comes up for us that it's never good timing? How long do you spend on the phone with someone who makes you feel like you're nine? We think responsibility, like being responsible, means paying your bills, brushing your teeth, eating a couple meals a day, getting the right sleep, taking care of your children. We think that's responsibility. How about taking responsibility for how you hear your mama or your tate call. How about taking responsibility for that? Hanging up on my father like that, am I taking responsibility for my hearing? Or is there a nine-year-old little boy behind me holding a little gun saying, tell him it's bad timing. I'll show you the little boy. I got him here. I always keep him nearby. Here's my little boy. Uh, where's my little boy? Little boy. Here it is. Oh, there's the little girl. <laughs> I'll show you your little girl in a second. We'll start with my little boy. Oh, here he is. Can you zoom in on this? Forget it, forget it. Oh, girls. Yeah, I thought it was a girl. <laughs> that was not a girl. Here's the little girl. Here she is. Oh, you got a little girl. Because this little girl was standing, this little boy is standing behind me. When my father calls, he goes, tell him it's bad timing. And here I am as a... 33-year-old man, uh, yeah, uh, Tati, it's bad timing. I can't speak right now. Tell him you got to go. Tati, I got to go. Tell him you'll call him later. I'll call you later. Click. And that is what I call orphaning. Orphaning. See, an orphan's usually a noun, shamed of her. But in this case, it's a verb. It's something we do to ourselves. Orphaning is when you kill someone before they die. I don't mean literally kill them. I mean you kill them off in your own heart for your own protection. Because no one should make you feel like you're nine years old. I had someone call me recently. Sadly, he lost his father person from uh, Brooklyn, and he called me and he told me he lost his father. I'm sa- I said, I'm sorry. Do you mind sitting a little closer for my voice, please? If you can come up to the men here. So he calls me, he tells me that he lost his father, and I said, I'm so sorry. You lost your tati. And he says, no, but I want to tell you something. That he said he just sat shiva with his brothers, and he's the only one from all his brothers that sat shiva for his father. 
The rest of them sat shiva for the fact that they killed him years ago in their hearts. And I've, I've had women tell me the same thing. Part of growing up is, and becoming an adult means that you had to gain independence of the people who raised you. It's just part of the deal. If you're a little girl, you've got to get independent from your mom. And if you're a little boy, you've got to get independent from your tati. It's just the way it goes. For us as parents, it's a very careful walk we walk with our teenagers. But back to our parents is that we had to get independent of them. And part of getting independent of them, sadly, is to push them away. If we go deeper, it's not just that I'm getting older and pushing them away so that I can be my own person, but if we go even deeper, they also remind us of certain things about ourselves that we don't like. For me, it was a nine-year-old little boy. But if I really get into it, the word would be incapable, that I'm incapable. So you want to take a moment, everyone, everyone please take a moment as you're listening to me, and think about what would be the word, like really target, what pinpointed word would come up about you when thinking about your mama or your tate? What's that word? Is it a tipish? Is it a is a, 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 a good for nothing? I don't know what, what word hits you. Uh, 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 Shaggits? I, I don't know what word hits you. You got to think. It's not a nice word. It's not a nice word. But when you think about your mama, think deep, deep, deep about a word about yourself. The reason why I want you to go deep right now and think about what word comes up when you think about your mama or your tata, you'll realize that the only way for you not to feel that way was to push them aside. So I'm going to take a moment think what word comes up about you when they come to mind. For me, it was the word with my father was incapable. And so I had to push him out to become a capable man. Now, later in my life, when I was 33 years old, I started taking responsibility for my listening. Until I was 33, I was pointing my finger at him. I pointed my finger at him for almost two decades, probably about 15, 18 years, pointed my finger at him. And I spoke to people, counselors, and I've been to therapy and like talked to the therapist, yeah, you know, my father, he never stops talking about financials and money and like, he never stops. But his son's an artist, I'm an artist. And he totally missed me, my father missed what he had. Because he couldn't stop relating to me as the next person running his company in Los Angeles, in California. But I couldn't even do basic math. At 11 years old, I stopped school. I left school at 11 years old. The next classroom I was in was 23 years old at Asian Tower. 
And I have this businessman father with tremendous mathematics and financial ability. And I just ran away. And eventually, you know, I know I became Froom because of the Emmas of Terah, but could it be, it always scares me, could it be that being 9,000 miles away from Los Angeles for me was a mile to build myself? And I'll let you know that I'd spoken to people over the years, you know, professionals who help, you know, no one gets anywhere without professionals, and I'd spoken in therapy to professionals, and every professional said that what he was doing by always talking to me about money was abusive. It's like, you, didn't, you don't hop your son, you don't know what you got. And so I just knocked him out, and now I had a stempel, a stamp, from professionals. And the professionals say, yeah, you need some space. You need some space. But I'm asking you, where in the Sarasa Dibrus, in the Ten Commandments, does it say, thou shalt have space between you and your mama, you and your tata? Does it say that anywhere? Afuch. It's kabed It's the opposite. And when I was 33 years old, and I'm still pointing my finger at my father, I realized that I have three more fingers pointing right back at me. <laughs> Did someone here complain about it being warm in here? Okay. I called my father, and I took responsibility for my listening to those phone calls. And I spoke to my father for a half hour. He didn't understand a word I said. He understood none of them. My father's from like the old school. We're from Maumars, like Vizhnit's family. And, uh, and my father, even though he wasn't from his father, was, you know, full pious and from the, after the war. And my father didn't understand anything that you guys now understand from what I'm sharing. Like, you get it, because we're now a generation or two later. He didn't get anything I said. In fact, when I finish the conversation, I'm like, you, what do you say? You know, you know what he says to me? He says, you know, I noticed your bank account's a little low and your credit cards are kind of high. <laughs> I just hung up the phone. I was like, I shouldn't have called him. Three years later, walking in Yerushalayim with my tate, he says to me, you want to know something? The best conversation we ever had was three years ago. I said, what, are we, what conversation? He says, well, I didn't really understand anything you said. It was like a half hour. You're telling me all this stuff. And I said, oh, I know what conversation. And I said, what was so good about it? He says, ever since that conversation, I call you, you stay on the phone, you tell me about your family, you fly to Los Angeles. I used to fly from Yerushalayim all the way to Denver, two hours from L.A., teach in Denver. He says, aren't you coming to L.A. to say hello? I'm like, no, I got to go back to the kids. And I would fly all the way back to the kids and not even go see them. He says, you fly to L.A. and you don't even have a class to teach. You're just coming to see me. You call me. You Skype with me. You're my son. It was the best conversation we ever had. (sighs) Taking responsibility isn't just paying your bills and isn't just making sure your kids are fed. It's taking responsibility for the way you hear. Now, Gentlemen, any of you ever have my father call you about your finances? 
Anyone, my father ever call any of you? No, why not? My father never called you about your money situation. Why does this man in California keep calling me? Unless he's a bank manager, manager I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> why does this man in California keep calling me? The answer is because he... <laughs> Thank you. Because he, because he loves me. And when I started taking responsibility for my listening, all of a sudden I had a loving father. His language of love is service, financial service. And it's only advice. It's not necessarily sending me money. But it's just going to be financial service every time. I just came back from four days with him of financial services. <laughs> Sitting at the table with him, explaining to me. When we sit at the breakfast table, he's looking at the stocks there. And uh, a couple trips ago, I was across from him, and I, and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm going to teach a shear, and then I'm going to LAX. This is my last minutes with my father. So I was sitting across from him, and I was just like kind of, I said, oh, let's, my mom's sitting here. I said, let's, let's soak it in. Our last minutes together. So I'm staring at my father. He's looking at the stock market. And my mother takes his paperweight and closes it. He grabs a remote control, flips it, and behind me was a flat screen with the stock numbers. <laughs> so I was like, I didn't even know there was a screen there. So I was like, uh, the power button was there. So I just <laughs> powered it off. And I just stared at my father. I was, I was with him fully. I really got, I got my father back. Many people who do the possible you after the seminar, they'll say, people ask him, what'd you get out of the seminar? And they say, my tate. They'll say, I got my mama. They'll say, I'm, I'm now married, mazel tov. Now I'm married. Because when you get you, all of a sudden you get everyone. And it affects everything. Because when you take responsibility for your listening, you suddenly start to see what's really going on. You start to hear. Now, ready for this? We're taking it next step now. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a few questions. I don't want you to answer out loud the second question because you're not allowed to speak this way about your parents. So don't answer the second question. First question... On a scale of 1 to 10, how much, does your, how much does your mama love you? Scale 1 to 10. Answer? 10. ten. Very good. Okay, here's the second question. You're not allowed to answer out loud. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good is your mama at showing you love? Uh, these women are like, mm-hmm. Next question, you're allowed to answer out loud. A scale of 1 to 10, how much does your tati love you? 10. ten. Every tati loves his kid at 10. Scale of 1 to 10, how good is your tati at showing you, like how you need it, specifically, how good is he at showing you love? Not loud. Sometimes I get these men who say, minus 10. And I say, no, we've got to fix the scale here. We've got to fix the scale. One is physical abuse, emotional abuse, and verbal abuse. Two is emotional abuse and verbal abuse. Three is just emotional abuse. Four is he missed, that was my father, he kind of missed you totally. Five is average. Six is better. Up to ten. So one is like, you know, put him in jail. Child services. That's one. 
scale of one to ten, how good is he at showing? Now I'm going to share something with you. Listen carefully to this kalal. Showing love in any relationship, to your own kids, to your spouse. Showing love is a function of life skills. You got the life skills, you show a lot of love. You don't have life skills, it's going to be, you know, it's got pollution. There's pollution, it's polluted love. It's love that comes with toxins, it's toxic. Again, I'm going to say it again, the cloud. Sharing love is a function of life skills. You got the life skills, you show love clean and pure. You don't got the life skills, it's polluted love. Right now you're in a class about life skills and how we relate to our parents. And I'm going to give you a tool right now, which is one of the, it'll be in your tool chest for your life. So life skills is, for example, Shabbos Keretoni is an entire Shabbaton based on life skills. Now they tried to trick you into coming by showing you you would have a beautiful Shabbat. That you're going to have a luxurious hotel Shabbos. And of course we all wanted to get away. And it was a nice little vacation. However, think about every class you've been in. You're having top instructors in the Jewish world for life skills. And they're pushing your buttons. And they're pushing, they're pushing your buttons. Because the people who created the Shabbos Kevtani want to heal the Welt. It's time now. It's our turn. <laughs> Meaning, you should know, by the Goyesha Welt, healing is like, it's already like almost on its way out. It's been so in. Healing is like, you know, that was the 1960s, healing. And what the, the leaders of Shabbos Keretani are saying, it's our turn now. It's our turn. How about, how about we heal now? And so they created the Shabbos for our healing, to get the life skills, the tools for living, so that we can bring them home to our kinder, and so that we can create a healthy generation for our people. And, the, and I put everything into this. You should know, I don't get paid a penny for this. And I come in every, this is my seventh, it's the seventh one, and it's my seventh time. And I don't know what's, oh, <laughs> you don't have to clap. <laughs> you don't have to clap. I don't know what, what speakers get paid, but I promise you they're getting paid. <laughs> I know, I'm a, public, I'm a speaker. I don't speak if I aren't getting paid. You know, and, I, and I'm not going to go into what I get paid. It's not pleasure. Here, I, this is my seventh one, and it's the seventh time I've given and, and by the way, no one makes me speak as much as this place. You understand? When I go to a Shabbaton, they're like very careful with me. You know, like, okay, we're going to have you speak three times. You'll speak once Shabbos night. You'll speak once Shabbos day. And mostly Shabbos, you'll give it time. We're, just, we're mamish healing our door right now. We're healing the door. Now, ready? Here we go. Scale of 1 to 10, your mama loves you at 10. Scale of 1 to 10, the, her ability to show love to you is, don't say the number, but give a number. Just give some number. Whatever's for you. Tate, scale of 1 to 10, he loves me at 10. Scale of 1 to 10, how much he shows me. Don't say it out loud. Give a number. And now watch this. You ready? Here we go. Tell me. Does anybody, I'll just use a five for example, but you keep your number, okay? Keep the number you said, but I'm going to say five just for average, okay? Ready? Does anybody want a five from their mommy or the tati? No. No! 
Nobody wants that. Now, of course, if anyone here was a three or a two or a one, they're like, I'll take a five. <laughs> but I've asked nines. I've asked people who said nine. And the whole room was like, Halavai, I should get a nine from my papa. And they're like, uh-uh. If you love me a ten, give me a ten. What's with a nine? We are so disappointed with the number that we got Meaning, Mama Tate, couldn't you have been a little bigger expert on me? I mean, this is, this is high stakes. You know, anyone in here runs a business. You're, you're dealing with people's money, you're dealing with people's time, you're dealing with, it's high stakes. And you're going to be held to the letter of the law that you take care of those investments. And yet we all have kids without any skills. And raise the biggest possession, the biggest investment in the world without the skills to raise them. And dafka afuch, we're raising them with the skills of our parents, which we're not even going to go into. But that's all we saw. That's all we know. Nobody wants a five from their mama and their tate. And so you listen carefully. How much do you receive? Some of you are thinking, you already said a five. That's how much he's giving. When you're disappointed with the love you're getting, how much do you receive? I'll ask you like this, in your own marriage. Have you ever felt that disappointment, and then they do something loving? Well, in the middle of your disappointment? How much do you receive? Shall I show you? Everyone say? Zero. Zero. You know it's zero. It doesn't matter what they do. When you're not feeling it, you're upset, you're disappointed, you're frustrated, you're a bit angry, and then they do something, you, you say, save it. Save your tevis, please. We're so disappointed with the number that we're getting that we accept how much? A zero. Now, listen carefully. A chain, like a chain, a multi-leak chain, Sorry, Rumi, everyone came in about 20 minutes after it started. The rabbi's giving a talk. Oh, my gosh. Rabbi, please, uh, let me, I'll be, I'm going to wrap this up as, as best as I can wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. A chain. If you have a chain with 100 links in it, how strong is the chain? How strong is a chain with 100 links? It's as strong as the weakest link. The whole chain is as strong as its weakest link. The same thing's true with relationships. A relationship is only as strong as the weakest link. Tell me, who's the weaker link between you and your parents? You. You. They're given a five. You're receiving a zero. Who's the weaker link? You. So you want to point your finger at somebody. Where are those other three fingers pointing? Everyone say, right back at you. Say it. Right back at you. You take responsibility for the fact that, that the relationship's a five, not a five, the relationship's a zero because of you. Now here's the magic. Here's the tool. You ready for the tool? Here's the tool. Accept, accept the, here's the tool. Accept the love you're getting and watch it grow. Accept the love you're getting and watch it grow. Shh. Accept, that was a pregnant pause, please. 
Accept the love you're getting and watch it grow. If you're getting a three, so, and they hand you a cup of water, you're just like, thank you. I really appreciate that cup of water. They'll be like, what is wrong with you? Doesn't matter. Now, I taught this shear once in Yerushalayim in the possible you. I taught this. This is a little, this is a little section of the possible you. I did it longer for your group. It's a little section. And this woman was shaking her head the whole time I was talking. You know what it's like trying to teach while someone's going like this the whole time? So I finally, like, when we're done, she raises her hand. I'm like, uh-oh. I said, yes. She says, it may work for everybody else. It would never work for me. And I said, why not? And she goes on to reveal to us that she had been taken by child services before her first birthday. And it says in the report that she would never have made it alive to her first birthday. Her parents were put in jail, whatever. Turns out they lived in a small town. I don't know, some other state. And they, um, the parents in that town had a lot of political power. And they actually got her back like a year later. And then systematically abused her until she was 11 when they didn't uh, lock the door where they kept her. It was one of those horrible stories you hear. And she was able to escape in a t-shirt, 11 years old, ran up the street until she was found like a mile or two up a road and then taken in. She comes to the possibly seminar after, um, she was 51, after 40 years of tens of thousands of dollars of therapy. Every kind, conventional, non-conventional, every type of therapy. And so, so I looked at this lady and I said, you're right, like, this is for everybody else. This is not for you. A year later, this woman's in my seminar. I said, what are you doing back here? She comes up to me after the first night. She comes up to me and she says, I want you to know that I tracked down my parents. I found them in upstate New York. She says, after 40 years of therapy, if I have a chance, meaning if there's a chance you're right, that if you accept the love they give, it will grow, if there's a chance you're right, i got to try it. So I booked a ticket. I'm moving in with them for three weeks. I'm doing the Possible Use seminar. And at the end of the seminar, I'm flying to New York. She's going to do it again just to get chizuk, and then she's going. She called me after three weeks. She says that she got her parents to a five. And I said, Mazel tov, that's amazing. You're going to heal. You're healing. And she says to me, but I have a question. Should I stay and keep going or do I go back? Because I'll lose my job. She got three weeks off. I said, forget your job. Stay. She got them to attend and then visited them for the next many years, twice a year, moving in with her parents. And she healed her heart. Accept the love you're getting. Watch it grow. Everyone say that. Accept the love you're getting and watch it grow. Whatever they give you, take all of it. Take a 10 of the five. Take all 10, 100% of the three that you get. And you will see they'll grow. Because when you reward someone who puts out effort, and love takes effort, when you reward someone with effort, they grow. They put out more effort. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.